Welcome to episode 48 of Story Mode, a video game podcast. The official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com, now on Twitch. Whoa, Whoa, shit, you can see us now. It's fucking wild. I'm your host, Jesse Monroe, and tonight I am joined by somewhere in these boxes around me, Keelan Simpson. Hello. Maybe there. Josh Cotter. Hi. And Simon Evans. I can't see any. I don't know where you are in relation to me. How you doing? <laughs> He's below you. I'm not used to this goddamn Brady Bunch bullshit we're going on here. <laughs> all in little squares, all raising a family together. How are we doing? Good. Good. Um, sunburnt. Do not. You are? Yes. Do not underestimate the sun ever. That is an official. Uh, declaration from Story Mode Gaming. From England, no underestimate from England. the sun. <laughs> the UK as a whole is like, watch out for that sun. The official <laughs> statement of Story Mode Gaming. Yeah. Wear sunscreen. Be, it'll, be sun smart. It'll, it'll get you. Um, well, I mean, like I said from the start, we are we are currently streaming this on, on Twitch. So hi, everyone who, who's watching. Um, we would do this for now. Well, normally, we're going to be recording these podcasts on a Sunday, but it was a billion degrees yesterday and... Look, we'll break our own rules. We don't care. We'll record them on Monday if we have to. Um, but yeah, keep an eye on our social media uh, platforms at Story Mode Oz. You'll see all the different days we are streaming. Uh, last Saturday, Keelan and I streamed Fast and Furious Crossroads from start to finish. Mm. Keelan, how was that? Game of the year. Game, game of the year, yes. It wasn't even game of the day. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was horrific but hey it was a fun time so thanks everyone who joined in for that and later on this week we've got simon uh gonna be streaming some monster hunter rise which we'll get to in a moment um, i'll be streaming a little bit of control and with a few other other games we've got uh josh you're doing crash yeah man we're gonna be streaming some insane trilogy yeah, yeah. um and lauren what's lauren lauren's gonna be streaming wilmot's warehouse what um, is wilmot who is wilmot He's this guy, he works in a warehouse, and he's got to arrange some boxes. Uh, he sounds rather polite. I like him. He is. Oh, he's a nice, Wilmot, he's a nice bloke. He's the kind of guy that you wouldn't cross, you know, at all. Like, just, the idea wouldn't really spring on you. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a cute little indie game from Finji, the guys who published uh, Night in the Woods. So, mm, uh, okay. Cool. Okay. I'm intrigued. So, uh, tune to them and make sure you know you like and subscribe and all that. But of course, we'll still be coming to you as a podcast, which we release every the Tuesday. Fuck me, I should know that by now. It's been a year. Every Tuesday <laughs> night, so keep an eye, ear, eye, ear, whatever. Keep a, a, a part of you out there for that. Head no matter what it is. Keep your penis out for that. I don't care. Do whatever you have to. Don't do that. Speaking of pulling your penis out, Simon, there's a game that you're very, very excited <laughs> to play, um, and it had <laughs> a demo that came out uh, recently. Yes. Monster Hunter. Speaking of rising. There we go. <laughs> That's much rise. better. That's much that better. was good. Monster Hunter Rise finally uh, got its demo, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, about that. About that. Yeah, 10 days ago. Um, um, yeah. It was still on the Nintendo eShop, I believe, until the 31st. Yes. So a bit it of a is time, though. no longer available to be played from the 1st of February. I kind of feel like when I'm getting you, like, ready to talk about Monster Hunter Rise. This is how they felt when they were releasing the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. <laughs> they were lifting up that fan real slowly because they know someone may get mauled. <laughs> yes. Simon, well. have at it. What is this demo? Tell us, first of all, what is in this demo and then give us your thoughts. We've all played it a little bit, very varying degrees. I will have a few other thoughts, but we want to hear from you first. So this Monster Hunter Rise demo is a 
uh, very restricted demo, um, so far as previous demos have been concerned, um, where you can fight only a couple of monsters. So you have two main quests that you can do, being the beginner hunt, which is to fight a great Azuchi, and the intermediate hunt, which is to fight Mizutsune. Um, you have uh, all of the weapons to choose from, and it gets you used to sort of feeling how the controls are, um, and it uh, takes place in the locale, the um, the Ruined Shrine, I think it's called. Um, and yeah, basically, you go out and you go fight the monster, and there you go. If you beat it, cool, you win the quest. If you don't, oh well, it doesn't matter. There's no no consequence. Um, Just for, sorry, for quick context, what was the first monster you fight? Uh, Great Izuchi. That is a... And that's like, it's like a velociraptor with, it's like a cross with a chicken. With the scythe <laughs> tail. With a scythe tail. Yeah. What's the other one? I didn't, I didn't do the other one. Um, Mizutsune. So, um, Mizutsune was first introduced in Monster Hunter Generations on the 3DS. Um, one of the Fated Four monsters, um, which... Mizutsune, Gameth, Astalos, and Glavinus. And we've seen Glavinus quite a few times. He was featured in Iceborne, um, the expansion for World. Um, we didn't see the other three return. We're seeing Mizutsune come back because this game is very heavily Japanese-themed. Focuses a lot on... like it really is. Like yokai-based monsters. Um, and I think all of these new designs are so fucking cool. Like, there is some really, really, really clever design going on here. Um, I don't know. One of them looks like a, a cross between a, a a plucked raw chicken and a dick. What's that one that looks like a big old wet penis? Oh, the Kezu? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's a returning monster. <laughs> it looks it's awful. It is very, very frequently referred to as the penis monster. Don't worry. You're not it looks like a, I remember having like a, such a difficult time with him in Monster Hunter 4. Uh, he's just a dick because he's got he is he actually is. a dick yes but his like neck is super elastic and it does all weird creepy things and what's really cool what, like a fun little element to that is he is completely blind he doesn't he can't see you and so normally when you fight a monster and they see you you have this uh like music that will start playing sometimes it's specific to the monster sometimes it's specific to the locale but with Kezu you never hear any music so it's really eerie you just it's just regular background noise and then this monster just screaming at you from its I'm uncircumcised so glad penis mouth I'm so glad you can't hear it like kind of um how can I put this kind of slapping against itself um <laughs> don't don't give the designers any further inspiration please <laughs> So, we all know that you're very, very pumped for this game coming out. How, how did the demo make you feel? Did it make you more excited or um, less? It took me a while to get used to the feel of it. Because this mm. seems to be... So, at the moment, there's kind of a split from old school Monster Hunter and new Monster Hunter. New Monster Hunter being Monster Hunter World and Iceborne. And the way that those games control and handle and feel and play are quite different to the old school games. I personally prefer the old school games. I prefer the way everything is set up, and I, I prefer um, some of the little, like, bozzy, like, the busy work that you do um, versus World, where I feel like it's more of, like, a the hack and slash action game. It's streamlined. Yeah. yeah. And it's not bad by any measure. I still love those games, and I love what World and Iceborne have done in terms of introducing it to a wider audience. But Rise seems like it's trying to strike this balance between the two. And I'm very excited for that, because we're getting really cool monsters. We're getting cool monster designs. We're getting 
like awesome weapon designs back um and we're, we're getting i think a lot more um quality of life stuff that was sorely missing from some of the older games and again it's gonna it's gonna i think just strike that perfect balance i think it's gonna do really really well so when i started playing i went straight for the insect glaive because it's cool were there, are there new weapons not yet we haven't seen any stock standard what is it 18 of them i mean there's i'm Four not eight. saying that oh there should be new ones because there aren't enough there uh, are plenty yeah. you can play a fucking there's there's kazoo 14 weapons there's that big horn called the hunting horn hunting horn i just called it a kazoo i'm a fucking idiot um <laughs> close enough play that now yeah keelan you're not really into monster hunter games so you'll play the demo How'd you feel? Oh yeah, I've How'd never I've never played Monster Hunter before at all. So I'm not familiar with the franchise. I don't understand the concept. I've not read a description of what the game is. I just went in and it's played. It's in the, the title, demo. to be honest. Well, <laughs> I figured, you know, I put context <laughs> together and I assumed I'd be hunting monsters. I just didn't know how I'd be doing it or, you know, what the context is. Is it third person? Is it, you know, how do I do it? Um, it was fine. I don't know. That's that's my reaction. I had no real strong feelings towards it. There were some, some things that I thought were very negative and there were some things that I thought were very positive. Um, I'll start off with the positive because holy shit, this game is gorgeous. Guys, I can't believe the Switch can run this. Right? This is RE engine, boys. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, this Get is... Get on board. Proof, like, the proof is in the pudding. This RE engine that Capcom are so proud of is going to be fucking great. Well, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. And the game that we're going to be talking about later in the show as well is proof of how scalable the engine can be. So this technology is fucking nuts. So that's super exciting. And seeing that, um, just how everything is kind of like laid out, it's really cool. What I didn't like (laughs) is the way that the game introduces new players to a new concept. So the tutorial, it's really shit. It doesn't yes. make a lot of sense. It was garbage. It just, it just, wait, it just do they started. have one? Do they have one there's this time? A, there is. Uh. There's a tutorial of sorts, and it's confusing could, as fuck. I couldn't find it. And it's so overwhelming, wait, and there's so much crap going on, you just don't know. Uh, I remember, I think it was Generations where they really started to make a push towards having a couple more tutorials. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Even then, it was, yeah, it's a bit lackluster. They still uh, throw you in the deep end. Look, Monster Hunter has always been very much one of those franchises where when you get into the game good luck it's throwing you in the deep end figure it out as you go and that's always been one of my favorite things about it is that as you get better you actually get better it's not yeah obviously there's the aspect that oh you can be wearing the best armor in the game or you can have the coolest weapons and none of that makes a difference because if you're shit you're still gonna get knocked around and murdered it doesn't matter and it all comes down to your player skill more so than anything and i really really like that about the franchise Mm. um I do think this demo is intended, like the target audience are people like me and people who have played World and Iceborne loads. Um, you know, it's, it's for veterans of the series who know sort of what to expect and what they want out of it. it Which felt weird. Definitely more aimed for that. Um, however, I don't think that this is going to be the only demo we have for Rise. Because um, I mentioned before, traditionally... Um, when there have been demos. I think the first demo, really, that I ever played for Monster Hunter was for 3 Ultimate on the Wii U. Yeah. Um, I was always going to get it because it was an expansion to my favourite game. Um, and I was like, yeah, cool, I'm definitely going to grab it, but I'll play around with the demo for a bit. And that had an easy, an intermediate, and a hard quest. 
And then the same oh, thing. Oh man, the Lagombi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking Lagombi. Um, and then same thing for Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. Again, it had an easy, medium, and a hard quest available in the demo. So, with the precedence that's been set, I'm expecting there to be because again, this is only available for a limited time. I'm expecting During the middle, a February one in the game comes out March. Yeah, it comes out March 26th. Yeah. So I have a feeling there'll be another one, uh, another demo that will be dropped probably mid-February, which will have a hard quest, and that'll probably be against Magnamalo, the flagship monster. Because, um, again, that's sort of traditionally how it's been. There's no guarantee that's how it's going to work. But I, I reckon so. I reckon that's what we're going to see, hopefully, within the next sort of three weeks or so. See, it's, it's so... I think... Uh, sorry, Jesse, you go ahead. Um, I think it's kind of weird. Like, I'm sort of, like, in between Simon and Keon in scale of like how much do you like Monster Hunter because I got really into World and I, I find it weird that this because I, I agree I feel like this demo is aimed at pros people who know what they're on about they don't need a tutorial because there wasn't a tutorial it was like hey kill this monster I'm like that's not a fucking tutorial that's just this is, that's the game like that's <laughs> true that's not a tutorial um they World was the best-selling Monster Hunter game, I believe. Capcom's best-selling game ever, like like by by miles. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So there's so many there's so many new people on board, and then bringing it to the, to the Switch, you're opening up to even more people. I feel like this one really, this demo really needs to get the basics sorted out from the start, get everyone used to it, get people used to the button, just the concept of the game because it, it is quite confusing. I played probably about 150 hours in, in World, and it. Took me about 120 hours to realize that the insect glaive shot insects. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so they have to realize that people are fucking dumb, me, <laughs> and and kind of work with that. Plus, you've got all these new abilities in this game, so you've got the wire bug and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. So that was it's so like with all these new features. Yeah. Show us what they are. Don't just give them to us because they they've given to us. Like I don't know what the wire bug can do. I I, I fucked around with it a little bit. Yeah. But it wasn't clear of what it could do. I have a mm. question. Am I just shit at it or are you meant yes. to be able to do like lots of tricks and like cool things with that? You are supposed to be able to do lots of cool tricks and shit with it. There's a lot you can do. Um, there's loads of videos going around like the subreddit for Monster Hunter of people oh. doing some batshit insane stuff where they'll start like the top of a mountain and they will do cool fucking backflips and wirebug tricks and then land on like the other side of the map. And it That's is, so incredible. It's so cool. I really love, they started playing around with the verticality of the locations a bit more um, when they introduced cool. the insect glaive. Um, I remember just loving that because it gave it such a breath of fresh air after getting like a Monster Hunter game every year for like four years and always hopping on it with my friends when they came out and just spending weekends just so deep in those games. Um and finally having a weapon that gave me the kind of acrobatics that I wanted to have where I was able to fling myself across the map. Um, and uh, the way that every time you attack the enemy while you're in the air with the insect glaive gives you another jump so you can get yeah. even more verticality and stay in the air for longer. And it becomes kind of like juggling a Tony Hawk combo in a weird way. And it's <laughs> oh, so much fun. That's a good that's a good analogy. I like that. It's kind of weird how much it makes me want to go back and play World. Because something else I don't... Do it. I'm I'm not sure about yet. Is how well the game has sort of everything you can do in the game. Monster Hunter allows you to do a lot of shit, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure how well that's been mapped to the Switch. I found a lot of things very confusing and very small on the screen. I have bad eyesight, which people can now see because I have these bad eyes. 
Um, that I don't is, know. It yeah, just didn't that's a good click. point. It's definitely definitely a game that I'm going to be spending the majority of my time playing docked and on the TV next to me and with this uh, with this good old pro controller. Can never go yeah, wrong baby. with that. Um, absolutely, that is the way to play the game. Um, obviously, if you are playing handheld, you won't be playing it for quite as long of a session. Or if you've got a Switch Lite, um, the because the Switch Lite has a slightly better resolution, I believe, on the screen. You might find it I slightly. So, yeah. I mean, slightly like, easier. yeah, having all the pixels shrunk down yeah. definitely Pixel makes it look clearer. Density. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. It's, oh, look at these, these tricks are cool. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> there, there is some really, really cool shit going on. I mean, I think something that really helped Monster Hunter on the 3DS was the fact that you had the two screens. I remember yeah. playing it on Wii U while I had my friends on 3DS co-oping in the same room, and like my screen was so cluttered compared to theirs because you had that second bottom screen that just had the map and it had your health bar and it could have your stamina and all your rations. Um, and I think it really made it, um, it really freed up the screen and it kind of made you feel a little less claustrophobic, which is important because there's so much going on in this game and the controls are, you know, so dense. Um, um sorry, Kill, let's go for it. On that topic, um, that was my other major sort of gripe with playing the demo is that the UI design is absolutely shocking. It's that gar- it's garbage. After it's trash. Hideous. It's absolutely overwhelming. Really? There's too much information. Like you, you had difficulty like at once. discerning badly, the health and the stamina. It's, it's or like, like ugly. The the assets that they use for it, it's like shitty design. It looks bad. It's not aesthetically pleasing. I don't like looking mm. at the UI. I'd prefer to turn it off because the game itself. Simon's a better crawler at camera really punch in the face. No, I'm <laughs> sorry, Simon. No, I'm no, sorry. no, 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 no. I, I'm finding it funny because Part of me has gone, I've been playing Monster Hunter since Try on the Wii, and that had the muddiest graphics I've ever seen. And I remember thinking then, <laughs> oh yeah, this UI is pretty cool. And now I'm like, oh man, Ryze's UI looks so nice, it looks so cool. I think oh, Caitlin's no, like, nah, don't. shit. Don't. The Monster Hunter games feel like they're always made in the vacuum. Like the people who make Monster Hunter love Monster Hunter, so they're just like, yeah. Of course that means potion. Like, what do you think it would mean? Like, <laughs> we don't know. We haven't played your fucking weird game a bit with all the monsters in it. You just have to stop for wheels. 10 seconds. <laughs> tomorrow for the, for the stream, I'm going to be wearing a Monster Hunter t-shirt, which has a whole bunch of, uh, like, Monster Hunter icons. And I'll, I'll give you a pop quiz on <laughs> them You can later. point to them and tell us what's what. Yeah. Um, Keelan, I'm curious. What weapon did you pick? I used two weapons while I was playing. I used just the main regular sword and then the dual blades thing. So I did the first time I played. I went straight to the dual. I went right, normal swords like eh, boring. Yeah. Dual blades, cool. I'm like Drax. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> I gotta say the combat was kind of fun. I liked the killing the monster. It was good. Combat. Once I got used to putting the sword, like putting the insect blade away, though, because I didn't know. That you, I forgot that you have to do that. So I go to like a plant to pick. I'm like. Pick up, pick up. Did you like a backflip all something. of a sudden? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my dog's like, ah! No. Oh yeah, the dog! The dogs. Let's talk about the dogs real quick. Yes. Because I don't love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it so fucking much. This is such a good addition to the game. All right. Let's hear your pros and you can hear my cons. Um, all right. So, um, in Iceborne, the, because of the, the large maps and the like fully connected, areas and stuff um they came up with a very clever way of having traversal without using um quick travel i don't like the quick travel system i don't think it suits monster hunter not a fan um so they introduced 
a thing called Raider Ride. So once you've gotten familiar enough with like local local inhabitants, they will go, hey, look, we can teach you how to summon a local beast that will let you ride on it and it, you can tell it to, you know, take it to a destination. That worked really well. I liked that a lot. I thought it was good fun. And the way that they've integrated that way more organically into Rise, just as a feature, I love it. I love it. I love it so fucking much. Being able to ride that dog around and then leap off your dog and do like some cool aerial attack with your greatsword onto the top of a monster. It's awesome. It's such a fun time. Also, you can make your dog drift like it's fucking Mario Kart and go around <laughs> corners and go, Meow. it's Meow. awesome. There is no downside. Dude, you can't say the word drift without me having Fast and Furious crossroad flashbacks. Oh, sorry, PTSD like, warning. It's start weeping. <laughs> Um, <laughs> see, my complaint is I, I I like it in theory, but you've got your what? What are they called? What are those called? Palamutes. The palamutes. 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 And you get your palico, which is the cat. I feel like it's a small screen. Switch has a small screen. There's too much on it. I am there. It is visually messy in in fights. So when you're fighting the uh, what's that uh, chicken with a knife tail? What's it called? Uh, great Izuchi. The Great Izuchi. Is there a normal Izuchi? Oh, that's the small ones, I guess. Yeah. Great Izuchi. When you're fighting that, you've got the normal Izuchis there. You'll have a bit of those lizard boys there. You get your cat, you get your dog, you get yourself, you get your bug if you've got an insect lathe. There's too much on the screen. Plus, you've got all your health bars and shit like that. I found it kind of getting messy. And I was often, uh, I felt like I, I would go and attack my dog because it looked like an enemy. It looked like the uh, Jagras, the lizards. Right. Because you see this like, four-legged creature in in the fight so you kind of assume that the enemy it kind of got messy i i did like riding around i don't love that it fights with a fucking sword in its mouth or something like that yeah <laughs> like it has like this weird knife bondage mouthpiece uh where it just like charged into battles it's like <laughs> my people i don't know about that but yeah yeah i take it or leave it no, I, th- I honestly am very happy with the way it's implemented. I feel like it's a very natural addition because we've had Palicos for ages. We've had these cats for so, so, so long. And we had a bit of a variation on that in Monster Hunter 3 and 3 Ultimate with Cha-Cha. Oh, Cha-Cha! Kayamba! Yeah! Cha-Cha was the best. Bring right. back Cha-Cha! <laughs> yeah. Um, what the fuck is Cha-Cha? Cha-Cha is a shakalaka. Little- He's a little um, acorn man. We yeah. love him. <laughs> little acorn man who does little dances to give you buffs. And sometimes he'll start dancing. And he, like whilst he's doing his little dance, he'll run directly into the face of a monster. <laughs> it's great. It's so fun. That's so good. I love that little like look on Keelan's face when he said a dance. He's like, huh? What? He does a little uh, dance. It's, like, yeah. it's a good no, time. This game is not for me, but I like your enthusiasm, Simon. I'm going to watch your stream. <laughs> Well, it's it's one of those things that I feel um, Monster Hunter as a franchise is inherently a bit wacky and a little bit weird. And it's the Japanese sort of off-brand wackiness. Kind of like how Yakuza implements that in certain ways. And you've got, you've got the really dumb tongue-in-cheek stuff. There's no serious undertones. And I feel like World and Iceborne were missing that quite a lot. There wasn't as much silliness in there. And I feel like we're getting that back in Rise, and I feel like the way this game is totally. shaping up looks like it's going to have all of all of those sorts of silly little things coming into place quite nicely. So I'm I'm pretty happy. Um, I'm I'm going to quickly just talk about the monsters that are actually available in the demo because um, there's a total of I think there's just the four that you can fight. 
Um, so in the Great Azuchi quest, you obviously have the Great Azuchi itself, and then you've also got the Azuros, which is the big blue like bear thing. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah, that's Jerk. like try to kill like me. Winnie the Pooh on steroids. Like that thing will fuck you up. Um, my recommendation would be do the Great Azuchi fight, then do that quest again and go fight Azuros because he hits a little bit harder than Great Azuchi. Yep. Azuros um, reminds me of um, Typhlosion. But without oh, fire. Oh, yeah. I Dude, can, good I, call. Yeah, yeah good I call. can see that. I can see that. Um, That's my job. Whenever we talk about Monster Hunter, I just compare the monsters to different things. That's my role on this podcast as a whole. That's very important role to have. Fuck. Yeah. I need um, to make myself important. And then in the intermediate quest against the Mizutsune, you have normally either Azuros or Great Azuchi will spawn in, and there will also be a Raytheon, which is one of the flagship monsters for the whole franchise. Um, and then obviously the Mizutsune itself, um, which is like a serpentine, like it, it's meant to be a kitsune, which is the nine-tailed fox in Japanese. Like nine tails? It's all Pokemon, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's sort of loosely based on the kit uh, on the kitsune, which is the nine-tailed fox from Japanese folklore and myth and legend. From Naruto, yeah. Yeah, or Naruto <laughs> if you want to be the biggest fucking weeb in the Now world. we got you, Jess. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, wait, 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 wait. Hold up, I said, like, pop the brakes to the podcast for a moment. Simon just accused you of being a massive weeb after talking about Monster Hunter, like, just, like, full of just energy. You know, Jesse, I really appreciate you minutes. coming to my defence there. Okay, I mean, you, <laughs> what, what I'm saying is you're both massive weebs. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to say, I'm also a massive fucking weeb, and I love Naruto. I wouldn't hear a bad thing about it, so shut up. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. It was it was a self criticism more so than anything because I didn't want to say <laughs> like Naruto without yeah. I, I didn't want to do that to myself. Like the crazy thing about Monster Hunter Rise is that for all the new stuff they add, I'm still probably going to stick to my old favorites. Um, 100%. It's just, it's just like when they add in a new weapon, I'm like, well, I, I still really like, you know, using an axe. Um, that's that. So much of that is me, but I feel like so much is that so much of that is like growing with this franchise and kind of, you know, understanding a weapon in a different way. Or in my case, creating my Palico to look like my cat. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. as my, much- my, my Palico looks like my cat. As much as I want to have a Palamute and I want to ride him around and have so much fun- I've got to have my little jolly buddy. My little kitty. No, This is one of the plus sides of us streaming this podcast via Twitch. You'll realise how many cats are on the podcast. They oh, often yeah. do walk, they'll often do little drive-bys. Now, let's move on to the next game because, um, Simon, I think you're pretty confident saying this will be a hit. Oh, man. This is going to be a fantastic game. I have full confidence in Capcom. Look at that. He tripped right over it. He tripped over it. I threw that little softball at you. Oh, Hitman 3, baby. It's fucking great. <laughs> Let's talk about Hitman. Um, so Hitman 3 came out uh, last week from IO I- I- Interactive. Yeah. Whoever it is. Um, and I'm playing this shit out of it. I played like 12 hours of it yesterday. Got really into it only to find out. I'm a bit of a, a semi-perfectionist in this game. Here I try to get about four stars or so. I'm not great at them, but I will take my time. I got to the end of one level yesterday. And I finally had to use a gun because I sort of fucked up towards the end, to be honest. Um, I was trying to get out of the data server room and I messed up. And I'm like, oh, shit, how do you reload gun? That's sort of annoying having to do it, having to waste all your bullets and then reload um, automatically. So I look it up and then it says reload slash instinct. 
I played the game for 12 hours without my voice just cracked just at puberty apparently I played the game for 12 <laughs> hours without realising that Agent 47 has like a, a instinct mode where he can highlight detective mode detective mode where he yeah. can highlight like, enemies and targets and points of interest and shit like that I was playing it all visually like actually finding people and memorising how they looked and what their patterns of were and stuff like that freaking hate it but it was really really fun um that sounds like a fun, like, self-imposed challenge. It was good. I mean, I'm going to keep playing like that, to be honest. Because um, I've, I've, hey, I've had it more fun. Now, Josh, you've been watching uh, Lawn play this one. Oh, I have. Oh, I have. Is it Man. one of the prettiest games you've seen? Oh, heck yeah. Uh, so we, I've been watching it play this one on um, the Series X. Yeah, gorgeous 4K TV. And oh, man. Um, I wasn't expecting it to look this good. I kind of think of the last two Hitman games as looking kind of bland, um, not really having a lot going on. Um, just because, you know, focus of these games are these, you know, systems, these mechanics overlapping. Um, but I was really impressed. And I think the first level here that I'm actually playing on stream right now, sorry, podcast listeners. Um, imagine you're looking at a, at like a golden, a, <laughs> a golden, a giant golden penis a, temple. Kind of like the so ones. Big- they have to on- skydive to it. <laughs> wait, wait, close your eyes. Close your eyes. I want you all to imagine the VHS right. cover for The Little Mermaid. Now, I want you to look over Ariel's right shoulder and see, what, what is that? That, my friends, Submarine. is at Atlantica's Penis Towers. Oh, you my God, it does have Penis first. Towers, doesn't it? Penis mm. Towers. Mm. It's a thing. It's a thing. There's a lot of, lot of dick in the Disney films. Good authority. So, Walt Disney, big fan of dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Also, massive anti-Semites. Fuck him. <laughs> In the bin with you and your frozen thumbs brain. Thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs down. Dislike. <laughs> so, okay. Don't really ruin anything because... Actually, sorry. Before I get into what the levels are and stuff like that. One, I have one major complaint about this game. The disparity in graphics between the cutscenes and the gameplay. The game is gorgeous, like Josh just said. These amazing set pieces with, um, it's not quite ray tracing, but it tricks my brain enough to think it's ray tracing. Um, right, yeah. That's good enough. Just everything is super crisp. The movement's good. The, I'm super impressed with how many people can be on screen at once. Um, especially there's a mission in Berlin where you're, where you go into a nightclub. And you can walk through the crowd up to the DJ. And as you walk through the crowd, it kind of gets more and more dense. And there are people just shoulder to shoulder. And they're not really... You don't see any sort of uh, copy and paste characters. No duplicates. And, no and I, I've, I've never seen so many people on screen at once all doing their own movement. Everything is is unique. It's incredible. So when you play the game, it's, it's visually stunning. But then the cutscenes happen and they look garbage. They remind me of kind of late 90s, early 2000s PC game cutscenes where they look a little bit, um, it's almost like there's a very soft focus on everything like that. Everything's sort of flat, but it still runs real smooth. It's still running at 60 frames. It's a very, it's very jarring. Like the mouth movements are off. I, I can't. Fathom why this is the case. I don't know about enough about like the whole technical aspect of things. I was real curious, Jesse. I looked into it and you're right. There is like a bit of a disparity, I guess. 
I think most of it stems from the animations from the, the character models in the cutscenes. It looks pretty wooden and stilted. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Not meant to be like animating mouth movement and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, I also want to point out the fact that I suspect the vast majority of development time went to actually creating the systemic elements of the game world and not so much the the story links that are that are putting it together i kind of wish it were nicer or at least they had done like a pre-rendered thing where it was just i've never really seen it in the game in a game like that before i I find it weird because i would have thought the disparity would be the other way around yeah every other game i've ever played it's the other way around especially this is a wrap-up of age of 47 story so you would think people who are into the franchise would be really invested in in these story beats um I'm not that interested in the story that much, so but this would have done nothing to buy me into it. I'm just like, skip, I don't give a shit, skip. So a question in regards to Agent 47. Do you reckon once he's done with all of his assassination business, he's going to get the tattoo of the barcode on the back of his head changed and it would give him a, a discount coupon to his favorite I think he'll grow. I think he'll grow a mullet. <laughs> I hope not. I honestly thought, do you think like, you were going to say, do you think he'll grow his hair back? And I think, I hope he does. That's fair. I hope when he... Timothy, when Timothy Oliphant was finished being the hitman, he grew his hair back. Yeah, but I mean, same, I, same I, I kind of hope he um, edits his tattoo and gets a nice little discount on his favourite shop. Uh, I reckon it'll be his Mikey card. He'll get that <laughs> yeah. put in there so you can scan it. They'll reboot it one day and it'll transport. be a QR code. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. Um, now, I want to uh, mention the levels in this game because they're, to me, they're the start of the show. Nothing will happen without these levels. Cool, you have to kill people, but it's all about the playground that you're given. Uh, first level, you have this big tower. Yeah, cool. Second level, it's a place called Dartmoor. It's a mansion that's very much based on the one from Knives Out. Have you guys seen Ryan Johnson's Knives Out? I haven't, oh. but I Oh to. my god, it is so fucking good. I didn't expect much from it, but I watched it like, okay, I need to watch this again. It's kind of like, um, uh, I guess for me, a movie like that would be a uh, Baby Driver, where you can you can watch it like a hundred times, and every time you're gonna notice something different, something real, something really clever that the director put into it. Um, Knives Out is of that similar vein, where you just keep watching it, it's like, oh, that was a clue about that. That represent okay. Um, so yeah, it's this old English mansion uh, where you can- <laughs> there's a-, a lady who is has faked her own death, but and she wants to have a funeral. So there needs to be a funeral there. The family needs to be there. People, other people need to think that she is dead in order to keep her safe. But there is, as with all Hitman games, you kind of go along and then you realize, ah, oh, I may have, maybe I fucked something up. This is a very, very difficult kill to get, but you realize that all the pieces are there to do a certain kill. I'm fairly certain I'm going to go back eventually because this is a game that I may go back and platinum. Maybe. Probably platinum. Not. You're gonna platinum Hitman Three. You're gonna get three platinums, baby. Um, I'm, I'm tempted. It's it's got this really cool arcade quality to it. But there's an open grave, and I worked out that you can make her walk past it. And I'm pretty sure that you could push her into her fake grave and then bury her. Yeah, it's morbid. I'm keen. Um, then you have the Berlin level, which is like the underground. It's so good. Um, this uh, yeah, Berlin like nightclub that's in a uh, nuclear power plant. And you go in there and there's a whole nightclub and the music's pumping into this guy and just in his underwear he's dancing and he's having the greatest time. Uh, but then you kind of go into the outside grounds and you realize there's like a biker club that's adjacent to it. There are all these different rooftops. 
Um, there's like a chill out bar. It, it just, it's so much bigger than you expect. Um, and then the one I just finished was in, uh, China. I can't remember the exact area in China, but it's, it reminded me a lot of Cyberpunk. So a lot of the level design in Cyberpunk is obviously very much, um, like a neon infused, a lot of Asian influence on it. Um, these are the streets of China and you've got a lot of like neon signs and you've got this high tech human augmentation program happening around. And you get this like really cool like juxtaposition between these white halls of these science labs and the kind of dirtiest street of raining outside and stuff like that. It's so cool. The levels in this game are so cool. Don't give a shit about the characters. Don't give a shit about the story. But the levels and the ways you can kill people are so creative and so fun. And there is just infinite replayability. I am blown away with how much I'm enjoying this game. I knew I'd like it, but this is just so fun. Are there any... You've played the first two in this trilogy, right? Um, I've played a little bit of two and I've played Absolution. I haven't played number one. Oh, okay. So Absolution is a separate thing. So... um. Are there any changes between two and three? Like any updates to the gameplay mechanics or is it just sort of more of the Dude, same? I, like I said, I forgot about gameplay mechanics. I didn't know you could do that instinct mode. Um, so I imagine there are, but I haven't really picked up on them. Mm. I've got Hitman 2 on the GameCube and that's about my only experience with the franchise. <laughs> I, I, I leveled over. I the GameCube version. You, you bring it. me to a point I want to make. This is something I saw on, um, on Twitter. Um, from it's the the tale of of Hitman as a franchise and how it, it kind of shouldn't exist anymore. It's done some amazing things. So this is from uh, a Twitter user, and I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong. I think it's Zalifa or Cav- Calavia Nelson yeah, yeah. Jr. at Rit Nelson. Um, he put nineteen points together, listing ways in which the Hitman franchise is a goddamn miracle. So let me just like nail through these really quickly. Um, so in the five years since Hitman back in twenty sixteen, we got. Publisher change, a mix of episodic and non-episodic releases, customized DLC scenarios, two console generations, physical releases in several territories, digital launches in several territories, multiple physical and digital SKUs with overlapping content, universal profile progression, cross-level progression, customized server architecture across three platforms, user-generated content across three platforms, a fully-fledged VR version spanning every level, every level in the series, a cloud-based launch for Stadia, but we have shitty internet in Australia, a cloud-based launch for the Nintendo Switch, but we have shitty internet in Australia, PC flat platform split and integration via Epic, console deals that release individual segments of content for free, synchronous multiplayer competitive assassination mode, asynchronous co-op sniper-based assassination mode, and elusive targets, which are the limited time missions that can be, uh, they can't be tried again. You have one run at them. Uh, with unique targets and unique bespoke award, often tied to outside IPs. One of them being, you kill Sean Bean. Dean Bean. <laughs> My Just favorite Bean IP. Bean. Just like every other director. This shouldn't, <laughs> this game shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist. How, like, how has it gone through that much shit? And still been good. It should have had uh, a drop and it hasn't. And I feel like it's really underappreciated what it's done. I think, I think Hitman won. Uh, like the the reboot um, with the episodic releases, I r- was really put off by that because otherwise I was I was kind of keen about the game. I was like, oh yeah, this looks like it'll be really interesting. And then ah, uh, it's episodic, and I went, nah, what? not interested. I'm really curious about that because I was very much on the fence with that, and I started to lean. I started to understand why I think they were doing it. What put you off? The whole fact that 
it was kind of like, this is different, and I'm just like, I don't exactly know what they're trying to do here. Or it was just, I'm not. I, like, did you have another reason you went into the, it? The problem with episodic releases for certain games is that there's no guarantee that you're going to get the episode. Like, there's no guarantee that that story, that version is going to be finished. There's no guarantee that anything's going to cement, like, as we saw with, um, do you mind? Sorry, my cat's, like, swiping at my... <laughs> Fury swipes. Yeah, she's too cute to be furious. You bring up something oh, really interesting there, Simon. Like, I didn't know there was even a story element to the first Hitman game simply because it was released in an episodic fashion. Well, that's a thing, because it was supposed to be episodic with the little bits of story sprinkled in, and then I think partway through the episodic releases that changed and had a bit more emphasis on story. But again, there was, there was no guarantee that you were going to get to the finale that you wanted or you were even going to get the finale at all. There was no way of knowing definitely that you were going to see that release all the way through. And I think that's what put me off because I didn't, because it was full price as well. Like there was a full price game and then extra for, I, I believe they tried. Was to it full price? I don't think I so. They didn't know. Yeah, like, I, think it it, I think it was you kind of like double A price. Yeah, sorry. No, I, I think you did buy it per episode or you bought the season pass. Yeah, that, that, yeah. and that's, that's, that's the part I liked about it. Is yeah. it was less a risk. You pay a lot less, play the game, and if you like it, cool, continue with it, buy it in chunks. Well, I but guess if you don't, you're not wasting 70 bucks on it. A lot of that comes down to, though, like you're going to play Hitman 1 and you might finish that first mission in 15 minutes. And if you're not the kind of person to really uh, want to replay that and maybe go for scores or try to find the secrets, it's one of those things that I could imagine a lot of people being turned off by paying probably, you know, 20 Australian dollars for about 15 minutes of gameplay to them. Even though I know that these are games designed for you to really, you know, pour over every corner of it. I think that would have burned a lot of core gamers. Yeah, that's fair. It, it was an interesting move. I think if we were doing a podcast back then, we would have done a whole episode on it. But yeah. fuck it, that's the past. Gotta live in the future, you know what I mean? Um, I like the idea. I hope it is not completely forgotten, not just Hitman, other games, remember it and, you know, maybe refine it. I, I, I think it's an interesting experiment. I kind of want to see where it would, it would lead. Like, playing it into what I was saying, points. it's kind of one of those things where it also encouraged you to pour over every level. Instead of moving on to the next one, you really had to learn it. You had, you to, find, me off. You had to find all those secret, you know, sniper locations well, or... Remember when you were younger and you get like demo disc and you would just constantly play them and play them and play them and you'd find it every little bit of it. Yeah. Um, it reminded me, of, it kind of reminded me of that. Like, here's a little bit of it. Keep playing it because you know there's more coming, but get good at this part. I remember playing that Snake Eater mission. Um, for Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater, I remember playing that mission a million times. You had a demo with the entire Snake Eater operation? Um, it was the mission from. It was, but the bridge. Damn. And then helps the other, the big old bridge. Yeah, dude. Heck yeah. That's all. Awesome. I just remember getting, I love, I love that feeling of when you play a demo in a game and you get to that level and you're <laughs> yeah. like, you're all fucked. I've done this a billion times. <laughs> you killed I mean, me like a thousand times before, but I wrecked this level. S ranking through the whole thing. Whew. I know where to find all the hidden frogs. Get the I, hell out well, of here. That's the thing. It's like, okay, you cut yourself down from here because your your parachute's broken. Okay, you go down here, you get the knife. 
Bang! Kermit the Frog thing. Kermit the Frog thing. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and I remember playing the first through the first. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm gonna kill it though. Well, that's my that's my kind of semi review of Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil. I've ruined what's coming up next. Yeah. Ugh, bury the lead. Hitman Three. Get it. Fucking great. Uh, you know what else is great? Mm, that was a good segue. Fuck it. Resident Evil. We had a bunch of Resident Evil announcements uh, last week. Capcom had this big old showcase for the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil, which is this year. First up, they announced the release date of Resident Evil Village, the upcoming Resident Evil 8. Uh, coming out May 7th, less than a year after being first announced, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Coming out PS5, Xbox Series X, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. So it is going to be backwards compatible. It is going to be on the, the previous generation, which they called... They, they referred to PS5 and Xbox Series X as next generation, and it really annoys me. It's current. Yes. That's current. Now the current mm. gen. God damn it. Get with the times, this Capcom. Big Ugh. fat white thing is current gen. He's not pointing to me. He's pointing to PS5 in the background <laughs> for the, all the <laughs> listeners out there. No, if um, I was pointing to you, I'd be, I'd be doing that. No. On my screen, you're pointing at Josh. Cop that. Um, hey. In the showcase, we got some new Knock gameplay footage of um, Resident Evil Village. So the trailer showed off a number of new characters, uh, new and old characters. So we've got Ethan Winters from Resident Evil 7. Um, he'll be returning. This time he's saving his daughter instead of his wife. Um, very much like Taken. Uh, we've got what big old buff Chris Redfield. The merchant. Ethan Sorry, and the women in his life. I know. I think he, at this point, Ethan needs to think about it. Like, is he the problem? Maybe, maybe he should just become Fine. a bachelor. Maybe he I like Ethan Winters. I think Ethan Winters is boring as shit. I haven't well, actually played I think seven. So I've, yeah, I've played about fifteen minutes of seven, and was like, oh yeah, this should be I good. Have, so should go back to it. I think I mentioned this before. No, uh, Resident Evil Seven, you can divide into three parts. First part's sick. Second part's interesting, intriguing. Third part sucks ass. Any of the game. What? So get out of here! That old game is gold, especially yeah. when you get down to the mines at the end. Ah, oh, ah, oh. oh! You go to the mines. This is big. Vast, empty corridors of nothing, nothing scary. It just feels yeah, real. But come dry. on, that's like every Resident Evil game. You get down to some mines and you yeah, find well, a secret. They like should lab. be there. My yeah. call. Um, <laughs> all ties together, and you see all the Easter eggs from the other games, and oh, it all comes. Oh. Jesse, say, come on. Can you not say comes and then make that sound? Comes. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's. Resident now that's worth a follow shit. on Twitch. Um, yeah. We've also got the merchant. Returns, but not the merchant from Resident Evil 4, unfortunately. Unfortunately. What you boying? Um, what you boying? We get uh, the Duke, which is a big blob boy. Just this big fat fuck who sells you guns. Cool. But the inventory system for Resident Evil 4 does return. Um, also crafting. Yay. We also get to see some sort of cowboy man. He looks like the dude from The Big Lebowski. He looks um, like Dante from Devil May Cry 5. Like, <laughs> Could you so imagine that on. being the crossover? God, he does. So he? sick. He looks awesome. He looks this like Dante crosses with one of the Bondi hipsters. Um, <laughs> with like is, a little this is how Capcom one. starts bringing all of its IPs together. Oh, dude, like, this is the RE-verse we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to RE-verse in a moment, but let's <laughs> let's put the brakes Ooh. on. Let's let's get a little bit blue. If, if you're a kid and you listen to this podcast, maybe... Come back when you're a bit older, okay? Just add this to your saved or listen later list. <laughs> Ten years from now. The vampires in this. Well, maybe they're not vampires. The, the hot ladies. Um, Lady Dimitrescu? I pronounced that wrong. Don't give a shit. 
Um, and her her daughters, her coven, I don't know. She is the the ample-chested woman who's nine foot tall and wants to suck your blood. Um, and her hot goth daughters. Um, takes me back to high school. Does take me back to high school. A lot of nine foot tall women in high school. I wish. Not enough, I say. <laughs> the internet um, is real, real horny for them, and I support it. Cause I'm, I'm one of the, I'm one of those people because Jesus Christ, am I supposed to be scared or am I supposed to be turned on, Captain? It's one of those, one of those few because times because I like, am both. <laughs> the the gaming community is often fractured, but I feel like this is the one thing that everyone agrees is like. Yeah, no, they can, they can, they can step on me. Like, fuck yeah. Hold on a second. When you say the internet, do you mean like the majority of the story mode crew? I think that's what I, you're trying I, I to think, say. I think, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to stick no, to No, no, Reddit, Reddit's been going off it. Reddit, Twitter, Twitter's been real wet. Twitter's, mm. yeah, really. Even, even a couple like of personal friends. Like a better term. Facebook have been yeah. um, going yeah, on Yeah, I mean, hell's yeah. Uh, it, it seems to have to, with, in regards to the enemies, it seems to have that same sort of family mechanic as number seven did with the Baker family. I don't think these people are related. I think she has turned these other women into what everyone's saying vampires. They keep saying they're going to suck your blood. They let keep me, let me, drinking let me, blood. There's a lot of blood. I don't think I they're vampires. Some theories, for right. sure. I'm thinking there's some kind of, of course, it's Resident Evil. The other shoe's going to drop. It's going to be science, gobbledygook gonna be some kind of conspiracy they turn into like bugs when they fly they kind they of do. like they a, do turn a swarm bugs. of locusts much like um the mum from resident evil 7 um something baker what was her first name true marguerite marguerite baker it's yeah, true and, and you, also, you also get that close-up shot of uh, one of the one of the goth chicks and she like sort of smiles and a maggot comes out of her mouth yeah what if it they these Bill are actually Ward. just swarms of oh, yeah. bugs that have been like uh, you perceive them as having this human form or something. I'd be so disappointed. Nah, man. You know what? Nah, still would. Don't even care. The only reason I'm saying I'd be disappointed is like, could you imagine all of that build up and you're like, oh yeah, they're but so hot. They're so the part, bugs. And they, and the part like, that me, and we'll get to- top and it's just like cockroaches. Just bah. We'll get to the demo sh- shortly, but the demo also loses in, in more detail. They drink blood. They seem to put bodies into wine barrels and they basically treat blood as wine. It's really, really cool. Um, but in the trailer, you see, um, the, the tall vampire, tall lady. She's on the phone to, um, maiden something or other. I didn't put it in my notes because I'm an idiot. She's looking into a mirror and it, it is like smack bang in front of you. She's looking into a mirror and her reflection is there. One of the vampire things, they can't see their reflection. The whole, it's, it's a thing for them. The developers have clearly put that in for a reason. It is very front and center. They are not vampires. And yeah, I think that's one of the reasons how they get out mm. of the whole thing of like, mm. oh, Resident Evil doesn't have vampires. It's like, oh, they're not technically vampires. Plus, there are werewolves in the game, but it's like, oh, they're just hairy zombies. <laughs> Whatever. Can we actually talk about the werewolves, though? Or, the you know, those furry fellas. Those furry, those well, furry yeah. fellas. Well, I just, I feel like um, there's such a good step forward from the molded enemies in Resident Evil oh, 7, yeah. which were just black blobs. And they were just like the baddies from that Suicide Squad movie that came out. Oh, fuck, just, they like, sh- were that. They're just Jesus. like shadowy monsters and they're just generic and, you know, they don't take up many resources. But here I feel like 
you've still got that kind of, you know, you got the family um, chasing you down. You've got that Mr. X vibe. You have that Jack Baker vibe as well Mr. as X. this kind of, you know, these mooks that you can take out <laughs> that actually have an interesting design, you know? That's well, I, so one, thing, one thing I noticed with the um, Resident Evil, like with the village artwork <laughs> is you see it's like half and half, half of like, I'm assuming it's Ethan's face no, and the other Chris. half is turning into a wolf with like yeah. a glowing yellow eye. So I have a feeling what's going to happen is, uh, this is pure speculation, I have no fucking clue whether or not this is going to happen whatsoever, but I have a feeling in order to take down this coven or what have you, um, Ethan's going to have to turn into a werewolf and then... Redfield will kill him. And then, Halfway yeah, to the then, game, you're going to Chris Redfield. Yeah, so and the, then, and the then guy, Chris is going to just... And you play the rest of the game with Raiden. <laughs> the guy on the key art is Chris, which is weird because they redesigned him for like the seventh time in the last two He's years. He's so buff. Um, but it's interesting that they've just revealed that as well because like the box art was previously just Chris's face in the same kind of pose. And now they've kind of, you know, edited a bit to have that kind of wolfy thing going on. So now when you watch the reveal trailer and it has a man turning into a wolf, um, it makes me think that might actually be Chris. Um, and it kind of plays into what they're going on with here. With the the big stinger at the end of the first trailer being Chris straight up murdering Ethan's wife. Blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. In the Oof. previous game. Um, something I want to bring up. So, okay. So cool. Vampire lady, nine foot tall. Merchant, real big fat dude. The general enemies in the game, we see a lot of them. They've got, kind of got like a medieval vibe to them. I think they've been under the castle for a fair long time. They have like swords and... Blah, blah, blah. We see a giant enemy with like this big old hammer that just keeps smacking around. There are a lot of very big humans in this game. And I, I want to know, I, th- I think there's a lot to that because... Plot twist. Ethan's actually just been a midget this whole time and none of us oh, have known. Oh, no. I, I, I just, I, I feel like there's going to be more to it and maybe go along with the whole experiment, some of the bigger bosses, because the enemy we see with the hammer doesn't seem like a boss. It doesn't have that same feel as like the El Gigante from Resident Evil 4. It, the area didn't look like a boss area. He looks like just a very hard enemy. So I'm intrigued to see if there are multiple larger people there and if there's something to do with the, the village, the titular village or whatever. Um, sure. But when we get to fight them, we will also be using some uh, a few more combat options. So they've really focused on the melee in this game, so I'm interested, interested to see where that goes. Um, but that includes introducing blocking me- as a mechanic, uh, which is that was a thing before. That was a thing was in the it? last one. Yeah, I think I remember putting your hands up um, in yeah, in number like- seven, and then your hand got cut off. <laughs> and yeah, and you thought from there, I was like, ah, maybe I won't do that. Which is really strange because this one in the trailer, like there's a dude with a sword coming up to it. He's like, oh, block with my hands, and he's fine. Like that, that wouldn't work. <laughs> well, you know how it is when he. Cut off a hand, it grows back, and it's grows back. tougher than ever before. <laughs> um, well, moving on to some of the other announcements, we've got Reverse, Recall and Verse, uh, which is a online multiplayer game that comes free with uh, Resident Evil Village. They've tried this before with Resident Evil 3 and Resident Evil Resistance, which no one played. No. Um, no. Even play me, is... biggest fan of Resident Evil 3 remake. It didn't, touch it. Didn't, t- didn't touch it. Did you not touch it at all? No, I didn't care for it. Yeah, fair I enough. Yeah. 
Um, so it's just going to be like a shooter. You play as one of the, uh, you know, iconic Resident Evil characters. In the trailer, we saw Chris Redfield, Joe Valentine, Leon Kennedy, Hunk, Ada Wong, Claire Valentine, and a few enemies like Nemesis and Jack Baker. Uh, cool. It looks like some sort of like asymmetrical multiplayer. Yeah, cool. Good. Good. From, from the looks of it, from what I can tell, if you end up on a losing streak, your, when you get killed, like your corpse transforms into like nemesis or which i like that i like that it Um, keeps you it keeps you in the game keeps you engaged but yeah uh. yeah i i think there's definitely something to it but i'm not a fan of the premise itself because all it is is just hey it's a multiplayer shooter and we've just slapped the resident evil characters that you like like, like, if you it's just play- so obviously recycled assets. Like, oh, yeah, and the animation is so rough the- in it. Yeah, yeah and also running. Also have like, that weird grainy filter over it, which... Oh, I- yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, not It's really got this fan. almost semi-cell-shadedness to it. Yeah. Uh, like, at point, I tell you what they did. Bizarre. They did those kind of like the, the weird comic book little dot things i forgot they're called yes yeah like um, like the shading dot things in comics yeah those things and they gave them all the characters thick outlines and then i tell you what something you probably didn't notice but go back and watch that trailer they shrunk all the character models down to make these locations more feasible for online play and have you like actually moving around each other without like clipping through i thought the desk in the fucking police station everyone mental Everyone has been shrunk in order to facilitate this. So you're so telling me if the vampire so lady in this game, she's only going to be seven foot tall? Because I'm not into that. It's too short for me. <laughs> I'm still into her. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think one of the reasons they made this look so visually different to the normal Resident Evil games is in cases bombs don't drag it, you know, your other assets down with it. Which, hey, cool, smart move. I'll give it a so shot, no, but I've, I've got no interest in it. If I want like, to play a multiplayer Resident Evil-esque game, um, I don't really have notes here, but The Division is bringing in Resident Evil assets um, in the next like month or two. You can play as like Leon Kennedy and shit like that. Bizarre, but I'm in. I'll just never understand why they don't try. Mm. You know? And also, I don't understand why they do try. Just make your single-player games. You, well, you nail I mean, that. But with that being said, like you can have a really good multiplayer horror experience if you do it really well um i don't i don't think the multiplayer has to be an action like team deathmatch or you know free-for-all kind of shooter I, I don't think that's necessary at all you can have a good multiplayer horror experience and it's called phasmophobia i think it's a very different game because i think that i've seen people play that by themselves and it's kind of like eh, it's just jump scares stuff like that phasmophobia i've seen a few places it's not for me and I can't think of another good horror I completely game. disagree with you saying that it's just jump scares. I could not disagree with you any harder. Mate, it is I'm, just, co- I'm just fucking brave, inverse. you know what I mean? I look into the darkness, you know what I do? I laugh. Ha ha ha. Laugh. Ha ha ha. We should play a bit of Phasmophobia. No, I'm scared. We'll, we'll don't, stream don't, it. Please and don't. everyone gets to watch your reaction as you put yourself. I don't want to be proven wrong, please. <laughs> I, I, what, what's so crazy is that they've... They've made so many multiplayer Resident Evil games over the years. None of them stick. No. They get panned. Um, but back in the day, they had uh, a couple of different Resident Evil outbreak titles. It was a spin-off franchise, um, and these were online multiplayer games back in the PS2 era. So, you know, you had your LAN adapters and stuff. And they were kind of like um, almost escape rooms 
where there were these fixed camera kind of Resident Evil experiences where you pick from a survivor and you had to escape the city and you'd spawn in different areas of the city and you'd really have to escape and communicate with your friends and stuff like that. Um, it's just such an interesting premise to kind of have these escape rooms and really hone in on that kind of Resident Evil puzzle solving. Did I tell you friend? when they I was in Japan, I did a Resident Evil escape room at Universal Studios? Yeah, so cool. me. They have like a whole um, warehouse that they converted into the TV station from Raccoon City. And you go in there and you've got like a laptop, uh, like an iPad. It's got these different puzzles on it and you have to solve stuff and unlock code and go to different floors and stuff like that. Now, annoyingly, they had one iPad that was in English and two English-speaking couples. The other couple got the the, uh, the iPad with English on it. Uh, so we paired up with uh, a Japanese couple, me and my, me and my partner. We um, paired up with them. Very broken English and Japanese going either way, but we helped each other. We actually got quite far into it. But I remember That's I cool. almost killed an actor. Um, if you're listening, sorry. Why would you be listening? Um, you've probably been killed by now by somebody else who had the same reaction as me. So you go into this room and they have all these um, recorders, like news recording, stuff like that, and tapes in these sliding sort of shelves. Like imagine a bookshelf on a rail and you could kind of like slide them across so you can get your different stuff then close them down to save room. There is a zombie, with just somebody just, just a zombie who jumps out from behind one and my reaction, my killer instinct, if you will, came into action and I closed it on them. Like, I kind of grabbed the bookshelf and I pushed it together and they're just like, no, help. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See? Uh, you know what I did? You know what I did, Simon? I looked, into, I looked into the darkness. I looked into the abyss. I laughed. Okay? That's why... You, that's you how left? I Sorry, you left? laughed, I tell you. <laughs> You're a dangerous man, Jesse. I'm a dangerous man. I'm a man with a plan. Don't cross him. Don't cross me. Exactly right. And that is one of the reasons I was able to play the... Uh, the Resident Evil Village demo of sorts. It's called Resident Evil Maiden. It's out now on PS5. It's in the PlayStation Store. And um, with the PS5, you can just get a What's Hot. And it's there. Oof, future. Um, now, this is more of a demonstration of, like, the audio, visuals, and general vibe of the game. There's no combat. There's no real puzzle solving, I would say. Um, it's kind of a, a bit of flavor of the game. For one, it looks stunning. Oh, Graphically, man, this game is like a just stop for a moment and enjoy it. So you start off this um, this thing. Uh, you're in a, a, a jail cell in some sort of dungeon slash wine cellar. You escape there, but then you go into the mansion proper, and these walls have like these gold filigree on them and stuff like that. And all these little intricate details looks jaw dropping. This is the most next gen game I've seen. And after playing this demo, Resident Evil Village is now my most anticipated game of the year. It looks amazing. Yeah, so, you know me, guys. I don't care about anything unless it has something to do with graphics. And holy shit. Oh that's my our gosh. Keel. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's me. That is just the best looking game. It is incredible. I, I, I can't get over um, it. Like we it said looks. earlier, like how incredible is it that this is the same technology that's powering Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch and this yeah. incredible, like the, the single most gorgeous looking game we've seen yet on this new generation of consoles. Absolutely. It has just pushed two consoles further 
than they, they have been pushed before. Obviously, the, the, this obviously isn't the limit of the uh, PS5 graphically, but it's the first I've seen it push. I think it just outdoes uh, Demon's Souls for me. I am oh, blown yeah, away. I think so. And another thing I like about this demo is it's very confident and product. People play Resident Evil for the, for the combat and the scares and stuff like that doesn't really give you much of either of them. It makes you very uncomfortable at the start, and then it kind of fills you with sort of a... It kind of intrigues you in the second half. It only goes for like, what, 20, 15 minutes? 20 minutes. If yeah. that, yeah. Um, they were able to hold all their big guns back and still get you in. Just by, it, it just gives you enough. And I, oh. there are little details. So when you walk around, like, uh, like I said earlier, it looks like they're turning people into wine. Like they sort of put bodies into barrels and they drink their blood through like the wine tap on them and you go around and you go around the house and you find like a teacup and it just looks like a normal fancy teacup the queen may drink out of but then you inspect it and you see the stained blood on the bottom it's these little hints that like okay there's something extremely sinister going on up here i won't ruin the ending of the demo because obviously there is some sort of climax to it all um but a perfect little taste test you know when you go to a supermarket and they give you a little taste test on a on a, on a skewer this is I'm, I'm buying it all. I wanted to ask you guys something. So for both of these Capcom games, they did something interesting that not a lot of companies do anymore for big games. They released demos. Right. How yeah. unusual, like in it. 2021. It's so weird. Um, but it's amazing at the same time because it just really gives you a taste. Like I would never, ever pick up a Monster Hunter game, but that demo made me do it. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch a stream. Maybe I'll engage with the community in some way. I don't know. I think it's it's a great marketing Tune into the stream tomorrow, Keelan. Well, hey, exactly. exactly. So um, I was thinking, what do you guys think of that as a whole? And also, what's your favorite demo of all time? We've all played, <gasps> oh, yeah, we've all played demos. What's your favorite demo of all time? Oh boy, I think demos should be more of a thing because, especially over the past couple of years, the demos that we have gotten for good games have been incredible. Um, just to name a few, um, Octopath Traveler um, had a pretty good demo. That was actually yeah, quite like um, that. Mm. Where you could you could do the f- the whole first chapter for all eight characters, and any progress that you made would be carried over to the full game. Similar thing with Dragon Quest um, Eleven for the Switch. Um, yep. another fantastic demo, and it had a huge portion of like the the opening. Oh, it's like the game. whole prologue. Yeah, yeah, but that Incredible in and of itself stuff. is huge. Like it's yeah. such a big part of it's that. Like game. six hours. Yeah. Um, like, Lauren in the chat says Gex, and I agree. Holy shit, Gex. Fuck oh, yeah. Gex. Yeah. Gex. Yeah. Good call. Gex, the um, fuck lizard. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> tail time. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, you know, like it, it was really, really good in how extensive it was. And uh, even similarly now with Bravely Default 2. Um, having a final demo um, when the game, I think, comes out in a month's time. Um, and again, it's good because it lets you go... Because I, I played the the first demo for Bravely Default 2 and it was hard. Like, it was a hard, hard turn-based JRPG. Like, that game gave no quarter. And there was lots of feedback and then the developers released a video saying, hey, we've listened to your feedback. We've acknowledged the fact that, yes, this is actually a bit difficult. Um we will, you know, implement a couple of couple of different options and release an, an updated demo. And this is the updated demo. And people have gone, yep, yeah, this is perfect. This is exactly what we wanted. This is 
exactly how we wanted the game to be. And it's like, cool, now we can fine-tune it exactly the way that it is now and release a product with full confidence. Um, and yeah, I, I just feel like it should be more of a thing because it allows people to either taste test the game or give feedback to the developers before the final game comes out. I I see no downside to demos, other than the fact that they might be a bit time-consuming. I think you brought up a good example, though, with Octopath Traveler. Now, that was a game that I was very close into buying, and I, I still probably will, because I played the demo, I'm like, oh, the music, oh my god, this music, oh my god. Um, was but like you said, in the can, 2018 Game Awards by Red Dead Redemption 2, never forget. You've been, you've been holding on to that, that for 48 episodes, you've been wanting to mention that. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. Because one of the first things you ever mentioned when we snubbed. first met, it's like, I fucking snub that game. That soundtrack is so goddamn good. I'm like, I like you. You're it, a good egg. Honestly, it is one of the best soundtracks I've ever listened to. Mike. It is. Yeah, life. You can't change the past. Yeah, but it still shouldn't have been Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. I would have accepted defeat to Celeste. Celeste was a gorgeous game, incredible soundtrack. I would have accepted uh, We'll have a whole podcast into why that's wrong one day. But <laughs> um, I liked it because you could pick from multiple characters in Octopath Traveler. You could pick from eight of them, the Octopath, if you will. I like how it gave you a moment to be like, okay, try all the different flavors before you order. Try yeah. Which one do you like? Yeah. Oh, you like the Lime Sorbet. Okay, when you get the full game, you play as that one. I like that because when you play the full game, you sort of pick a character and you're sort of stuck with them. There's an immediate Stockholm Syndrome. It's like, I'm just going to play the game with them. You may not be playing the game to the best experience possible. I like that. I like going to a game with a bit of knowledge of how the mechanics work, how these characters are, how the world kind of functions. So I agree. I think demos should become a thing. I was a avid reader of the official PlayStation magazine, uh, the Australian one, uh, for years and years and years and every month there was a demo disc that came out with that and I still got them all somewhere and that is one of the reasons probably the the PS2 was my most played console because I kept playing these demos and I'm like okay thank you like thank you for this little uh view of everything I can work out what I like and I can work out what I can buy or rent for video easy and shit like that mm. I just um, remembered sorry um Final Fantasy 7 Remake had a demo had a demo that was, yeah. how many other demos are coming back now alright right, pro demo yeah Hope to see some. Um, I want to. I want to touch on some of my favorite demos. <laughs> cool yes. world. Shout out to the Sonic Unleashed demo. Man, what a time! Like, oh, yeah. came at the perfect time. Sonic Unleashed, one of the greats. Honestly, let's cut the bullshit. All right, Sonic Unleashed. <laughs> I can't believe the best Sonic guys. game. He's one of my favorite games. Uh, sorry, Lauren. How do I mute Jesse? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Sonic Unleashed is actually like one of my favorite. Uh, platformer games. Uh, I well, love it. It's my, Sonic Colors. It's probably my favorite Sonic game. <laughs> and uh, it had an awesome demo that had one of the very first daytime stages. Sorry, I like game. how you're like, oh, I think it was my favorite Sonic game. Like we forced you to choose. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Have them all. It was so good because you just play it over and over again. There were so many routes to go through it and it was gorgeous. And it came out at a time when I had a PS3 um, and no one I knew had a PS3. Um, and like, all the games coming out for it were super mature and gritty, but I was like nine and my parents wouldn't let me play Resistance Fall of Man. So I had to play Sonic Unleashed no, and not. I got that demo, <laughs> boy. And I had a great time playing it about 40 times. Um, yeah. Also, shout out to, what's that game? Crash Bash. Crash Bash. Fuck the party yeah, Crash Bandicoot game oh, on yeah. PS1. Oh, yeah. That was a demo that they gave away. That had the full game on it. And yes. somehow it slipped through. Cause I remember as a kid 
playing that at my friend's house and being like, is it, is it going to stop us? Is it? And we just like get credits and we're like, what the hell just happened? Like we're, this demo went for like four hours as we just co-op this entire game. And then like 20 years later, me finding out that it was like this really big thing where they're worried they're going to lose sales on it. Yeah. Keelan, your question actually has a correct, there's actually a correct answer to your question. Yes. Sonic Unleashed. Tekken 3. Chats to and Eddie Gordo. That's all you need. You learn Eddie how to break Gordo. dance. You know how to move. It's great. Mm. That came with the PS1 demo disc that you got with like early on. That was the demo. Cause that I was the one you could you. play infinitely. True. That and then somebody, cause then one. people bought the full game. He's like, why would I play as anyone but Eddie Gordo? Like, oh, yeah, maybe Yoshi would be great. Um, but I- yeah, that and then uh, a, a memorable mentions to Medieval in the PS1. Cooler oh, world in the PS1. Oh, uh, Burgess on Snake Eater, like I mentioned earlier. And everything else can go to hell. Absolutely. Um, my 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 favorite is Octopath Traveler, I think. Because I was I was so excited for the game. From the second it was announced, I'm like, oh, this game looks really cool. I'm really I'm really interested in it. And I followed it pretty pretty extensively. The first demo came out and you could only play as Olberic and uh Primrose. Um, so you could only do their, their sort of first chapters. And then the final demo came out where you could play as all eight of the characters, but there was a time limit of, I think, three hours. And you could only play the first uh, chapter, like the opening chapter for each character. Um, so what I did was I went into it and I was like, right, cool. I I know Ulbrich and I know Primrose, so I'm going to choose another person do their opening chapter delete the save file because it then gets rid of the the time limit cool play it pick another one and i kept doing that until i'd experienced all eight opening chapters and then deleted the save file again and went right i'm gonna pick one person and i'm gonna speed run and pick up all of the playable characters so when the game comes out i'm ready to go and i loved it it was such a good time I think it's another yeah, that's like, awesome. Octopath, like it's a game that's very much on my list of games I need to play. It's it's really hard for my shame part because I enjoyed it. I just haven't had time to play it. But I normally wouldn't go for a game like that. It wouldn't really be on my radar. But I saw it had a demo. I gave it a shot. I I, I like how much demos open it up to people to play something different. I'm not going to spend what what do Nintendo Switch games get for nowadays? Like 150 bucks. I'm not going to spend that much on, on Octopath Traveler to give it a go. I will play a demo and then be intrigued by it and then be more open to it. Maybe watch a few streams. Like, seem, um, oh my God, Keelan, I just mixed your name, your name and streaming. I just called you Seaman. Uh, <laughs> wow. But the kids you know what? Bed. Fuck it. That's a good place to end it. Let's wrap it up there. I've called Keelan <laughs> Seaman. Let's, we're done. Seaman Simpson. Seaman, Seaman Kimpson. Oh, before we do, Keelan, do you have favorite, a favorite demo? Um, yes, I do. Two. Number one is the demo. Well, you could say like Quake and Doom shareware versions. Those are big deals mm. in my childhood. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. More important than that was Disney's The Lion King, the demo for that 2D platformer game that was impossibly difficult. Yeah. Um, it came yeah. out on the Genesis and PC as well. And yes. I, yes, I put so much time into the PC version of that. That and Guitar Hero 3 on Xbox 360. They released that before there were controllers. That, uh, I, before I had I was a going to say. 
and I used the the Xbox 360 controller. I, I taught myself how to play it on hard using the controller. It was awesome. Incredible. Was I love awesome. that. That's pretty cool. Um, oh, sorry, just to, to add to yours as well, Hercules. That oh, PS1? Yep. Doesn't oh, man, what a gorgeous game. Um, it's called Disney's Action Game starring Hercules. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we need to have, Actually, I think, it's, what, oh, what, what I'm going to add it to the list. We need to have an uh, episode where we just talk about PS1 games. Because that's when gaming Dude, peaked. Dude, that's like my, my life. That literally was <laughs> a cooler world. Uh, I was proud of that. Legacy of Kane. That was, was a, a good one. Oh, that was a good, was good one. Fuck. AIDS Odyssey was a great demo as well. Mm. Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Yeah, like two cars. Oh, yeah. Do you guys anyway. remember playing Driver and not being able to get past the introduction tutorial thing? Because what you had to do was way too difficult. So you just drove around a parking lot. No, no I'm, I'm, good, I'm, I'm, I'm good at games. Actually, wait, no. Three, Jesse, I watched that stream, man. I take that back. Uh, people have seen me play Fast Furious Crossroads. Okay, I'm garbage <laughs> games. This is all a facade. All I do is make <laughs> jokes. Shit, I don't even play these games. I'm just here to make these jokes and puns. Fuck! I'm busted. True. Busted like a nut when you watch the Resident Evil trailer. Let's wrap this one up. Alright. So, we're on Spotify. Well, don't shake your head at me. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> we're on Spotify busted and iTunes. If you want to listen to our. our Skullduggery. Um, subscribe and leave us a review. As always, a big thank you to Fan Critical Podcast Network for their support. You can also catch all their great podcasts at these uh, same places iTunes, Spotify, all that. We're at StoryModeGaming.com if you want to keep up to date with all your news and reviews and such. Facebook, Twitter, and Insta. Give us a follow. Smack that like button at StoryModeOz. We're also now on Twitch, which if you're watching us on Twitch, you would know. But if yeah. you're not, you should go on Twitch. And subscribe yeah. to us. And also keep up to yes. date with all of our um, upcoming streams. Like Simon said, tomorrow for us, we're recording on Monday. Tomorrow on the Tuesday, which is the 26th, uh, Simon will be playing Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, I'll be playing a little bit of Control later in the week. And we've got a bunch of other streams um, on the way. So keep up to date with all of that. Make sure you check us out. Um, and if you want to chuck a couple of bucks our way, jump onto Patreon, set your fan critical, and you'll get access to all sorts of bonus goodies and gumdrops. Um, for a couple of bucks so check that out if you want to support us but with that that's our that's our first twitch streamed show the first streamed show first stream show it's, it's bloody it's the future now you know what i mean so thanks for listening thanks for watching thanks for all that simon seaman josh thanks for joining in happy you had fun <laughs> thanks all for having cues. me any thanks, any guys. time uh, that, was, that was a good that was a good chat um and everyone everyone listening um you know thanks for listening thanks for tuning in thanks for supporting us stay safe play some games catch you later peace bye bye, bye, guys. bye. <laughs> man